1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Second AFC East Championship. Fourth playoff berth in five years. We haven't done this since the late 80s and 90s, and we all know that was a glorious time in Bill's history. It was during our Super Bowl years. To commemorate this wonderful occasion, for the first time ever, we got something different, all right? We're gonna talk about all this on the Jamie D. Big Newt Show. It's only a kick.
1: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. (laughs) It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's
0: only pressure. You got this Adidas. History has a tendency to uh, repeat itself. All right. You got tight European cut clothes that we wore back in the seventies and eighties. They're back in vogue. Air Force One's Chuck Taylors. My kids are wearing them these days. Well, indeed, with the Buffalo Bills and the Jamie D. uh, Big News show, history has repeated itself again. For the second year in a row, we won the AFC East Championship, and almost to the day, our beloved colleague, Jamie D'Amico, has contract, contacted COVID, okay? So don't worry. He's doing good. He's resting and quarantining up in Rochester, New York. He had to go up there because his brother uh, had an engagement party. So he contacted uh, COVID, so he's resting and doing well, all right? But in turn, we got something that we've never had here at the uh, Jamie D Big News Show. We have our first guest, and this is just not any guest. Don't think of some substitute teacher, and that ain't knocking on substitute teachers because I substitute taught for over 10 years back when I was in uh, northern Virginia. But this dude, he's the guy who basically uh, pays our uh, rent and signs our checks. He's the guy that brought both of us on. He's the guy, Buffalo Rumblings, Anthony
1: Marino. Thanks for helping me out today, buddy. How you doing? Big Newt, it is great to be on with you. First and foremost, I hope our man Jamie D is feeling okay, and I'm sure he'll be back in better than ever in no time. I am just merely being called up from the practice squad but it is a privilege to, uh, to be here with you today and and talking about our beloved Buffalo Bills.
0: And I'm once again, man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. And I'm going to give you all a little insider trade information behind the scenes. Um, when talking to Jamie and we getting our notes together, he was like, big Duke, man, I don't think I could do it. You know, we were texting back and forth as we always do on Sundays. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the show, bro. He's like, you might have to do it by yourself. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, I, you know, take one for the team. Your teammate can't step up, you know, do it. You step up in his place. So then Jamie's the one that does all the production stuff. I'm just the talent. So I had to upload Audacity and all this software. I watched YouTube videos all day yesterday, trying to figure out what to do. And so I recorded. And as I told you, Anthony, I was like, I listened to myself and I was like for 20 minutes, and I was like, I just can't do it. I like, I don't even want to listen to myself this long, man. I'm I feel like I'm just not good at that. So, or maybe just self-conscious and nervous. So, once again, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and helping us out. And you're more than just a pitch hitter, man. Hey, you you one of the top talents.
1: <laughs> listen, one, you're being way too hard on yourself when it comes to <laughs> you know being able to, to carry a show. I mean, listening to you guys each and every week. Um, And, you know, right, we'll get kind of go back and forth in our our DMs and whatnot on Mm -hmm. on Twitter and just how much fun I have listening to you guys. And and honestly, the fact that you and I have never recorded together before, done a show together before. uh, I feel like I've known you forever. And that just says a lot about the great job that you guys do.
0: Real quick. Well, thank you again. Real quick. Can you run us your resume, man? Tell us about yourself a little bit. Obviously, I know. But to let us uh, listeners, you know, know your resume.
1: Oh, sure. Well, I host Breaking Buffalo Rumblings here at buffalorumblings.com. Really started that show just before the 2019 NFL draft and, you know, been working on the site and with all the great guys that do the podcast here for all of us. So it's just, honestly, it's a lot of fun, right? And you think about how good the Bills have been, right? It's been five years uh, as of yesterday from when Sean McDermott came on as the head coach. Mm -hmm. Here we are making the playoffs four out of five years. So, You know, I think when we talk about that and just kind of our group and the podcast that everyone does, like yourself, just such a a talented group that has a lot of fun with it. Um, It's fun to be able to do these shows when your team is good. And as you said, back to back AFC East champions, I'll take it.
0: And that's what I was going to say, man, because I I mean, I don't want to, you know, give your age. But once again, I'm 48 years old and it's like most of my life. I mean, a lot of the years we were bad. And so now just to have a podcast, man, it just feels like a blessing, doesn't it? I mean, because i if we were just bad every year, year and out, I don't even think I'd want to talk about us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: well, it's it, and it's so different too, right? Because I live in Albany, New York. So I'm four and a half hours outside of Buffalo. And here yeah. you've got some Bills fans, a lot of Jets, a lot of Giants, a lot of Patriots, obviously yourself down in Virginia, right? I mean, there's a a great Bills backers group there that you guys are a part of, but it's just Mm. different. And this gives us that opportunity to, to chat, to interact with each other. You know, it's like, my wife doesn't want to hear me ramble on about the Bills left and right. And I'm sure yours doesn't either. So, you know, to, to be a part of this. And when you talk about going through the drought, um, you talk about your son, Jalen, right? Like Mm. Jalen almost only knows the Bills as being good. Right. Which, you know, you think and, you know, my oldest is 15 as he was growing up is like that. The Bills are horrible. Why do you like them so much? <laughs> you know, and it just that's what it is, though. Right. It's kind of this new generation of Bills fans that's that's being built. And that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I did not know you hail from Albany, New York. Did you grow up there?
1: No, I grew up in Rochester. OK, so, you know, just about an hour outside of Buffalo. And, right. you know, my my high school years was, you know, the, the Super Bowl era. Right. So, right. you know, you grew up and, and being a part of that and just seeing that kind of euphoric nature, right. Of Bill's fans and being a part of that Western New York type of community. Um, but then I went to school at a, a, a smaller school in the Albany area called Siena college. Yep. Sienna. Uh, for the most part, I've been, I've been here ever since. So
0: I've only been there once when coming out of, uh, College. I had a workout with the Albany Firebirds, so I drove from St. Louis to Albany for a workout, and I actually performed pretty well. I did the two two twenty five bench press like the most I ever did. It was like forty two times, and as a result, I didn't make the Firebirds. But then I signed with the New Jersey Red Dogs later on. So that's pretty interesting that you have from that area.
1: Okay. When well, new even human. more interesting. I used to work at the Pepsi Arena. In know, nice. I, I, I was there for seven years and I worked okay. uh, primarily with the Siena College basketball team at the time. Mm-hmm. But the guys that ran the uh, the Firebirds Arena football team, some great friends, some guys I'm still close with till this day. So uh, nice. that is uh, that is a, a small world story. Seven,
0: seven degrees of separation. I love it. OK, <laughs> so let's get into the bills. This is what y'all come to uh, listen to us about. Um, Real quick, we're going to talk about the Jets game, okay? And so you went to the game this weekend, right?
1: I was there. I was there with my 11-year-old daughter. It was her first Bills game, and and we were there keeping warm and trying to do what we could to, you know, weather the elements, and uh, we had a great time. How did your daughter take it? She, you know, she really enjoyed it. She had no idea what she was in store for right? Of, you know, you're talking about packing up and all this and kind of explaining, you know, you're going to learn some some new words at the, uh, at, the <laughs> at the game on, on Sunday and that's okay. Um, but she had a lot of fun. You know, she made a sign saying that it was her first Bills game and mm-hmm. she specifically noted Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Gregory Rousseau and Isaiah McKenzie on the sign, which I thought was pretty cool. And we were we were in some seats that were like kind of in an area behind the Bills, the Bills bench. And she uh, she got a wave from Stefan Diggs as he was holding up her sign. So, you know, when you're 11 years old and you're, uh, you know, uh, a newly passionate Bills fan and, and number 14 shoots you a wave because, you know, you're a adorable young lady with a, a cute sign. Mm-hmm. That that your day is made. So, oh,
0: yeah. And that's and I'm sure that's something that she'll never forget, man. That is
1: awesome. Now, and and you know, and as a fan, too, right, you always hey, listen, I'm, I'm about to turn 47 years old. Right. You watch these guys play a game. I mean, some of these guys out there, I mean, heck, I'm old enough to be their father. Right. Exactly. You know, like you look up to them, you as a team and all this stuff. And it feels weird to say that. Right. With somebody that's that's younger than you. Right. But then to see something like that happen or you see other players like, you know, just give a little wink and a nod to, to other fans that are there and, and doing certain pieces. Um, it's pretty cool because you want to see these guys, you know, do those those little extra things. It means something to those younger fans. And, uh, you know, as a father, you take that away with you as well.
0: I totally agree with you, man. And, and I, once again, we're going to get to the game, but you just reminded me of something. My first game that I took the kids to um, college game, it was Notre Dame, NC State. And we had we, we had like this big like tornado that year. So they were playing like three hours from here and the tickets were going for like $2. But <laughs> it was like a tornado that came through like the day before. So right. we went down there, and it was torrential rain. You saw power lines down everything, but the game still went on. And so we made it there, went to the game, sat in the rain for a couple of hours, and then drove back. And we still talk about that trip. And I'm saying all that to say we still talk about that to this day. And I was just like, God, just get me there safely and get back. Because if something would have happened, my wife, my wife was out of town on business. And I was like, my wife and my mom are going to kill me when they find out that we did this. So just, God, please, I don't care if Notre Dame lost to NC State uh, that day. And it was like, God, just get us home safely so we'll have a story to tell. And sure enough, man, they talk, and I'm saying all that to say, we talk about that experience all the time. So I'm sure your little girl is never going to forget that first Bills game.
1: It's all about those experiences, right? You. You talk about things and you know, coming off the Christmas holiday, you Mm -hmm. you do things for your kids and your family, but it's those experiences that you always, uh, you always take with you. So right on there.
0: It's something money came by my friend. So let's talk about the game, man. And if you look at the statistics and once again, you're there, I mean, (laughs) 25 first downs to their four first downs. Okay. Um, The yardage. Um, total yardage was 424 to their 53. They literally had more yardage in sacks than they had total yardage of offense. We sacked uh, Wilson nine times for 82 yards. Josh Allen stayed upright. He did not get sacked any. What do you take from this game, man, if anything? And once again, you were there. You could give us maybe little, little things that maybe you saw, but what are your overall thoughts of the uh, performance on Sunday?
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at it, right. And you talk about all of those statistics and it was a dominating performance by the bills, but yet we found ourselves right. And what was it late in the third quarter, whatever it was. I mean, it's 13 to 10 and you're just like, my gosh, like one Matt Hawk and just his punting woes was, you know, putting the jets in good field position more than you needed to but it's just like the Bills are dominating this game in such a way. It was nice to see them get those two TDs in the fourth fourth quarter because, mm-hmm. one, you just wanted it to be a, you know convincing, right, heading to the playoffs, but also, two, you just take a step away of just like you don't want this to be a game, right, to win the AFC East that you feel like you just survived it. Like you wanted to put the Jets away, and they were certainly doing that with the play. It never really felt like the game was – You know in any sort of doubt but right you you see enough fluke plays you see a a, you know a punter bobble the snap and things like that that you know could be some game-changing type of plays so it went from feeling a little bit of just like hey let's not screw this up to uh to feeling like okay you know what when they when they needed to they kept a foot on the gas and and finished this one off
0: and I totally agree and I want to touch on a couple of things you mentioned man and we started last week because uh, one of our friends from the D.C. Bills back was like, hey, big dude, you know what? You all should do three things you like about the game and then three things you don't like. So I didn't throw that at you. So I'm going to do mine and maybe you could piggyback off of it. Sure. But three things that I love, man, that we and once again, I try to bring the same energy, man. I'm going to be critical of you, but I'll be just as uh, good on you when you do something well. So I thought the old line played outstanding. Um, Once again, we talked about uh, Josh Allen staying upright. I think that was wonderful. I think the pass protection was good, along with the play calling, of course. But the fact that he didn't take any sacks against a decent defense, I thought was wonderful. Then secondly, with the offensive line, our rushing offense. Once again, we ran the ball for 33 times for 170 yards. All right, Motor Singletary, man. He looking like he wants to be the man for next year. I tell you, I would have said about a month and a month and a half ago, I would have said we need to go running back and get rid of uh <laughs> Moss and him. But since he's turned it on, man, who would have thought that at the end of the regular season that Motor would be top sixteen in rushing and in the whole league? What do you think about that?
1: Listen, it is uh it is one of those, and I remember I did a podcast at the beginning of the season. And just saying, like, oh, man, the Bills are in the offseason. Sorry, like, in you know, saying we've got to have a little patience with these third-year players. And Devin Singletary was still kind of that guy was a little ho-hum about, right? Like, I was expecting more from Zach Moss. Singletary, I wasn't just seeing it. Even early this season where he was, you know, putting the ball on the ground more than you would like to see. Mm -hmm. And whatever it was that happened, and, and I, I fully believe this, too. And, Newt, I know you're a basketball guy as well. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you you know, you know think about a shooter in the game, it's hard to, like, go into the game off the bench, put up a couple shots, get hot, and get into any sort of a rhythm. And I feel the same sometimes when it comes to running backs, right? Like, you've got to show some trust in them, continue to give them the ball, and just say, like, we're going to let you work, work through this. You know, you're not – not everything is going to be a hit. Right. You you've got to keep going, keep going, keep going. And the decision that they made to say, this is our guy, right? This is our top running back and he's going to get the majority of the touches. I think it just gives him the opportunity to play through some things. If you have a bad run or if you get stuffed at the line, you're not coming out of the game for the other guy. And it's paying off for the bills right now. at honestly, the time of year when they need it the most.
0: Man, hey, I'm totally on board with what you talk talking about. I'm picking it up what you're putting down, buddy. <laughs> I totally agree, man. And and to have the running game, man, I tell you, it, and I'm going to talk about this in the negative things, but to ha- be able to lean on the running game and chew up that clock, especially in a ground-out game like that, it speaks wonders. So the second thing I put in was defense. We mentioned earlier, nine total sacks for almost 80 yards, okay, our defense came through in the clutch situation, man. Mario Addison, Jordan Poirier both had two apiece. Ed Oliver, a sack and a half. And then Milano, Boogie Basham, and Epinesa all had one. And, and Jerry Hughes had the uh, half sack. The total nine, total sacks. For a defense that we're really not known getting to the quarterback, man. So what do you think about that?
1: Well, listen, and one of the things I was going to mention, and so I'll piggyback off of this, is Mario Addison. Mm -hmm. And it's a guy that, right, I had been critical of in the past of just saying, like, you know, why are the Bills giving him snaps? You know, you've got Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham, you know, first and second round draft picks this year, A.J. Epinesa from the year before. Like, give these young guys the opportunity. And over these last couple of weeks – Mario Addison has really flashed and flashed is that guy that can, you know, get into the backfield, get those quarterback sacks. Like you said, having two on Sunday, that's somebody that really stood out to me. And I say that just because, you know, sometimes we're critical of these guys. I try not to get too critical, right? Like, who am I to to criticize a professional athlete on what they're doing or not? So I try not to go too deep with that. But Addison was one that it was like, listen, they can move on from him. They don't need to bring him back this season. Um, And he has certainly been delivering as late. So when you talk about the defensive line, many guys that, that flashed and did some good things, but that was one that really stood out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and it's good that we got such a stark contrast and you coming here because if you listen to any of our pods you know I'm very critical of people so I'm probably more critical where so much critical that if they ever see me on the street they might want to punch me in my face not not necessarily the bills but it could be opponents because you know I'm, I'm easy to say it, you know one of my things is <laughs> if we beat you by 30 you a scrub so I'm sure if I ever see somebody from the Jets or the Falcons or one of the bad teams, they're gonna be like, Man, who the heck you think you call it a scrub? And I'm like, Yeah, you're right, man. I guess I don't have no room to talk because you'll probably buy my whole life. But <laughs> 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 I, when I say scrub, I mean, obviously, you're the best athletes in the world. I just mean scrub amongst your peers. You know what I'm saying? And, yep. and, and you talk about basketball, and i want to bring it back to a basketball reference, that everybody thinks that, oh, uh, like Brian Scalabrini is a scrub. And he like, okay, he went to Twitter and was like, I'll play any of y'all for a million dollars. And you see him in like rec gyms and stuff, busting people chops. So to regular America, working nine to five class, they are outstanding. We're just saying compared to LeBron, you're a scrub. So right it has to be taken in the right context right <laughs>
1: listen every every time that big newt says scrub a uh a buffalo bills fan is born somewhere across the country so i think you <laughs> worked in like four or five of them there so we're above average for the day i know
0: right so um you mentioned when you talked about sacks okay you talked about mario addison and you talked about the d-line boogie Basham got in. What do you, what's your take on Ed Oliver? I mean, he's been playing wonderfully of late. He's putting up stats. He looks like the heart and soul of our front seven, all right, the uh, second half of the year. Do you think he's somebody that you go out of your way to retain, or do you think he's a person that we're going to, uh, that's going to be a, uh, a casualty of the salary cap?
1: Yeah, no, I think he is someone that you retain. I think that is, uh, that has become an easy call and coming into this season again here's a guy that people were critical of and i always found myself very positive towards oliver i wanted the bills to draft him number 9 overall in 2019 you know it's it's not very often that it's like this is the guy i want the bills to take and they actually get him but you know in those first 2 years there had been some high points and sometimes where you know you just didn't see a lot coming out of him now this year right i mean he is I think without question, the best defensive lineman that the bills have, he is disruptive to no end. He's the one that's getting double teamed more than anyone else. So you can talk about a star Latula or talk about Harrison Phillips as one text, as those guys that could eat up multiple blocks. It's Ed Oliver. That's getting all of the attention. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I love to see it. I mean, there's just something about him, his personality. I mean, the, the side eye to Cam Newton during training camp, to him yep. riding his horse to practice. Like, there's just <laughs> something about this guy. Like, you are a unique individual, and I am i am down with it. And the fact that you have turned into a fantastic football player, even better.
0: Hey, man, I 1000% agree. Uh, at the beginning of the season, once again, if you listen to our pod on a weekly basis, we were very critical of uh, Ed Oliver having a breakout season and uh the second especially the second half of the season he's really come on and now the fact that we're even discussing whether or not what kind of money we should give this to once again that's the testament to brandon bean and then uh our draft process so i'm very happy that we have him in this discussion and hopefully we can keep him around because he is a unique person uh very undersized probably better than not specific defense with frazier who i i'm I'm hearing is getting calls for interviews uh, with the Miami Dolphins and the Chicago Bears. I think, correct? Yeah. So hopefully we could we'll be able to retain him. So I'm gonna go to those two cities and then I'm gonna just you know talk real bad about Frazier. like he sucks and you know he's a womanizer and he you know he kicks dogs walking down the street. So so they don't hire him. So we can retain him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just playing. But I would love to keep Leslie Frazier, but that's a testament to um once again us having good coaches and doing good things that people going to want your coaches. So, uh if he does decide to leave, then I I look forward to see who who we decide to bring in to replace him, both him and uh Dable.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, and it's one of those like you felt like gosh, we we're going to lose one or both of those guys heading into this season. The fact that the Bills were able to keep them around um, certainly has been a plus, And I'll be curious to see what happens with these interviews. You know, he deserves the opportunity, right? So it's like, of course, you don't want to see him go anywhere. But if he does, we'll do nothing but wish him the best.
0: What do you think about all the firings real quick? I'm getting off script a little bit. uh, So thank you for being patient with me. But what do you think about all the firings around the NFL uh, the last uh, couple of days? Uh, uh, Specifically the Miami coach, man. I cannot believe he got let go. How do you get let go out of the three seasons he had?
1: Yeah, that was one that was the most surprising, I think, to everyone. and. Now listen, the start of the season, right, they're 1 in 7 and you're just like, "Oh, good gosh, like is he going to survive this?" Then you come back with a 7 game win streak, you think to yourself, "Okay, they've got their stuff together. I mean, they're certainly building here." Um, you know, they were in the hunt for a playoff spot through week 17. Uh, you you can't, you know, you can't take that take that lightly, especially in a division where you have two other teams in the Bills and Patriots that make the playoffs that was the most surprising. I mean, the one, I guess I, you know, that would have been interesting if the Giants retained Joe Judge, because there was nothing with him that seemed to fit that he should stay on as the head coach. And it seemed like he got a vote of confidence just a couple days ago, but then they sort of came to their senses and and made that move. So, you know, those were the two that really stuck, stood out to me. I mean, Mike Zimmer, I think it was probably like you're know, you just going to be mediocre under him as the coach of the Vikings. But Mm -hmm. Flores, I'm still shaking my head and I will be curious to see if he ends up filling one of these vacancies or if he decides to maybe take a year off and reevaluate things.
0: I think he will. Um, I heard late yesterday that he was going to be one of the people that the Bears bring in for an interview. I can't imagine him not getting a job and not getting a job soon. Um, I am happy. I mean, I'm not gonna say happy. But the bright side of Miami firing him, because I don't think he deserved it, is is it just shows that they're a mediocre, mediocre, excuse me, organization who's doomed, there's gonna be doomed and us dominating them the next three to four years. But they now they're gonna get it right.
1: Now Miami's gonna interview Brian Dable. So that's the one part with this that it's just like I, you know of them doing this I agree right it can be taking a step in the wrong direction right but if they take the offensive coordinator for the bills um I'll be a little salty about that I
0: know right yeah that's a I didn't even think of it that way yeah well once again hopefully Dable and uh Frazier don't leave so um so the third thing getting back to the list my shirt so after we won the game, I quickly went on to Fanatics and uh, FanEdge.com and ordered my AFC East Champ t-shirts. Well, at least try to see what they had available. And so to my surprise, they have these new shirts, and I don't know if you saw them. It says, Bills, we run the East. I right? saw them. Okay, so and I saw I saw that for Dallas also, so I don't know if that's the, what all the shirts uh, for all the uh, division champs say, but I was like I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, I a little slogan, something different than go in my paraphernalia, and then what the bonus was was their Nike t shirts.
1: So you know you're getting
0: something good. Yes, even though it costs forty five dollars, which is totally ridiculous in this day and age for a T-shirt. At least it's a name brand T-shirt. And then guess what? On top of that,
1: they have four
0: X. They have four XL. They never have four XL. So I couldn't. I was fumbling my phone, fumbling my credit card in my wallet, trying to enter it in before I hurry up and left. And sure enough, they were sold out within an hour.
1: That is crazy. That is crazy.
0: (laughs) So whenever the big man sees something in his size, he got, you know, most regular people be like, oh, you know, the purchase, they go to the store, go to the mall and see something online. Well, let me sleep on it. And then if I want it tomorrow, then I'll get it. But with the big man, if you see it, you got to get it right there because you come back tomorrow, probably be gone. No, I'm with you. (laughs) I'm 100% with you there. Yep. So that's that's my uh three takeaways that were positive. Now let's real quick get into the negatives. And you mentioned it earlier, Matt Hock. Okay, he was terrible. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dump on him a little bit, man. Because even the kickers and special teamers can catch it here on the Jamie D Big New Show. All right, he was atrocious. Um. On fourth downs, we punted, and I get it. He hasn't had any work for two and a half weeks. I understand, but you have to be prepared when the number, number calls. Now, I know it's a little cold, a little frigid, but to have his punts that he did and put our defense in harm's way like he did is practically unacceptable. All right? Uh, Chris Berman said on NFL primetime later that day, and I love the quote. Now, you know us. We have to cite uh, other people's work. One time is an accident. Two times a trend. Three times is a problem. He performed so bad, I thought we were going to cut him on Monday and have tryouts on Tuesday. I'm honest. If you would have talked, I'm texting James. I'm texting all our group chat. I thought we were going to cut him, right? So I kept hearing that. Yeah, you know, we keep him around because he's a good holder, and that's the only reason why, you know. But to see what Corey Borquez is, is doing this year, is like, hot, man, come on. You got to help me out, bro.
1: But here's the thing. Corey Borquez is still having issues as a holder mm. in Green Bay. And we've seen the issues with Mason Crosby. We've heard about that before. Matt Hawk, right? And I know everyone says, like, a holder? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But for the Dolphins, their kicker last year was all pro. This year he is near the bottom in field goal percentage made. So it's a, it is a bit of a trade-off, right? Where you're just thinking to yourself like good gosh, man, you you just can't do what you did on Sunday. Like can you just do be mediocre even, you know, from that from that perspective. But the holding it it certainly is underrated. I think it's one of those things that right, we can scoff at as fans and say like, "Oh my god, how how difficult is it to be a holder." But when I see right. that situation in Green Bay and I see it in Miami, and mm-hmm. I see how well Tyler Bass is doing. Um, I- I'll put more stock in the holding, but the punting, I hope it was just a little bit of, you know, you, you got a little bit of the yips. I think he had, you know, uh, that stretch, right. Two horrible punts, then the bobbled snap and then was able to recover after that um, having one down at like the two yard line. So let's just hope it was a little bit of an off afternoon and, uh, again right just be mediocre i don't need you to be the best punter in the league hopefully the bills are punting like once or twice a game which we've talked about before so um but i am i am with you and the fans right for where we were sitting uh, it 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 looked horrible like you know sometimes you're watching you're watching on tv and it's like oh did it look as bad in person it looked worse and uh, it was just bad. So hopefully he can turn things around heading to the playoffs.
0: My question to you, and I'm I'm glad that you was at the game because we only see this stuff on TV. You get a limited view. The sound. When he did finally get the punt right, everybody cheered like we scored a touchdown. Was it like that at that stadium, or was that just me uh, imagining things?
1: No, you are not imagining things. It <laughs> was to the point – and it wasn't even where the ball got down. Just seeing that it was in the air and a good punt, Punt. there was cheering as if it was, you know, I don't want to say like a touchdown, but let's just call it like a big play, right? Like Gosh. similar to, you know, Singletary breaks through the offensive line and you can see that he's going to, you know, get a 12-yard 12 yard run and like all of a sudden when people realize that he's coming through the line and they get really excited and they get really loud. Like you get that burst. It was like when the ball came off his foot and you could just see the trajectory of like, Oh, this is a good punt. It could have gone through the end zone and people, it, it wasn't about where it was down. It was just the fact that it was going straight and it was going in the air and in the direction it needed to. And people were, uh, again, celebrating like it was a, you know, a big first down.
0: It felt like the celebratory cheer. And I don't know if your your children do youth sports. And I always reference my kids playing sports. When the kid that don't ever get to play comes in (laughs) and, and look, listen to what I'm saying. I'd be the first one jumping up and down and stomping in the stands on the sideline. But when the kid that never gets the score, scores, like the last person on the bench, and everybody goes crazy, that's what it felt like. You know, and then like, well, for youth sports, that's cool. High school, that's cool. College, that's even cool. But to be a professional football player, coach always used to say, special team players, I don't want to hear from you. It's kind of like offensive linemen. If you get your name called as an offensive lineman, it's probably because you got caught holding or clipping or doing something wrong. So you need to be silent. That's kind of how it is for special teamers, unless you're somebody like T-Bass who knocks down all his field goals.
1: <laughs> no, and it's a great analogy. And again, right, for, for the listeners, Newton and I, we, we have not never talked before, but my kids were asking me the other day, how many basketball games I've coached in my life? Mm-hmm. And I kind of lost track. We were somewhere around like 700, mm-hmm. right? From different levels of AAU to high school to, to coaching at the youth level. And uh, I don't know if I can equate those two things, right? Because when you talk about that, you know, that player maybe that hasn't scored all season, right? They're in like third and fourth grade. That is like a joyous feeling of just like pride and success. Oh, yeah. And You see the look on their face. And this is a little bit more of like, you ever have like maybe one of your kids, like, you know, they're just not up to their performance with like their grades or like a school assignment. Mm-hmm. And then they get one back and it's like, you know, they finally got things back on track. And it's a little bit more of just a, like a relief, like, you know what you knucklehead, like you you should have been doing this all along, but you got yourself oh, yeah. in this position. That's kind of how I felt more like with Hawk, not the the joyous feel of like, you know, again, when, when that, child scores their first basket because that's that's like a memorable thing in a good way. This is more right. of a like, you better not ruin my day again because we're going to have issues if you do. I know,
0: right? <laughs> so, real quick, man. second thing I got for bad, Josh Allen. In the second and third quarters, he looked horrendous. I'll, you said that being at the game, you never felt like the game was in doubt and I kind of feel the same way. But I need Josh Allen to be better than what he was in the second and third quarters if we're going to advance to the Super Bowl, which I know we all want to do. Numerous times, he I saw guys wide open. He just throw it in the dirt, launched it over their heads. Now, I do remember the play to play uh, the Dawson Knox. That was a pitcher perfect throw. Yeah. Beautiful. But it was, I counted about eight or nine throws. Guys are just wide open and he couldn't hit it. Did you see the same thing or no?
1: So here's something where it was certainly different being there in person, right? And you don't always have the best angle from where we were sitting. That sometimes there would be throws that we thought were completions. And when I say we, I'm talking about, like, the group of people around us in our section. And -hmm. there would be a, a cheer of just like, oh, we caught it. Or... You know, and then you realize, oh, he was out of bounds on the sideline or like, you know, Gabriel Davis had stepped out of the end zone and came back in and it wasn't a catch. So you don't get the opportunity to see that as well from where we were sitting to be able to tell, like, was Allen off? Did the guy drop the pass? Did the defender make a great play? Um, So you miss some of that. Right. So even as you said, Josh Allen, um, I'm not saying that I'm surprised that you brought it up, but did not have the best angle to see all of those things uh, in person. You know, you don't get the the advantage of those those instant replays. Like even on that right. first touchdown pass to Stefan Diggs where Allen was being cru- you know crushed and Diggs does the toe tap in the end zone. I, I mean, we just thought it was a touchdown. Like we're not even seeing him take that hit from where right. we're sitting. And then you get back at night and you're watching it. and You're just like, how did that even happen? So, you know, there's a lot of things being there in person that you miss some of those nuances and some of the benefits of the instant replay and watching at home.
0: Right. And I totally agree with that, man. And this seems like with Josh Allen, he made he he makes the spectacular plays. But I need him to make the regular plays, you know. And once again, the Jets game, I'm not worried about We I knew we were going to beat the Jets. And maybe even New England this weekend we could get away with it. But as we advance forward, if we want to win the Super Bowl, I need him to be able to make those throws. And it ain't gonna always be perfect situations. The weather this weekend is supposed to be a frigid five degrees and kickoff. So well,
1: if but- I'm looking for a silver lining and I I, I would need to to, to go back and look at this, but it just seemed like when Allen was targeting Gabriel Davis, mm-hmm. something was off, right? 14 targets to Gabe Davis, three receptions. You know, that's, that's horrible from that standpoint, right? You're talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 24% completion percentage, just going to that one guy. And usually those two are pretty well in sync. So right. whether it was just that day or something different that was taking place It seemed like when he was going to anyone other than Gabriel Davis that there was a level of consistency. I mean, of course, there's going to be some errors here and there, but only three out of 14 um, going to the second year pro. That was kind of surprising to me that, again, didn't really notice is watching the game. It wasn't until after the fact that you see it and realize that that was, um, you know, that was not good.
0: Right. And so now the third thing to finish the list that I didn't like for this weekend is we finished 11 and six. If you listen to our podcast uh, from the summertime, I had us going 12 and five. Jamie had us going 11 and six. So I was a little off. Okay. I didn't
1: like it because you lost to Jamie.
0: Yeah, I don't like losing to JV, man. We're we're ultra Uber competitive. So, do you remember what you had what did you have us going? Did you ever uh say how many wins you thought we were going to get this year?
1: So, listen, each year I do a- an article for buffalorumblings.com where I, you know, whoever on the staff wants to make a prediction for the record that they can go ahead and do that. Last year I had the Bills at 13 and 3. Mm-hmm. The year before I had them at 10 and 6. Um in 2017 I had the Bills at 9 and 7 so I was yeah. I was feeling I was feeling good and I was yeah. obviously feeling way too good um, <laughs> because I predicted that the Bills would finish the season 16 and 1 and uh, mm. so I was I was way off right you talk about mm. all those one score games the Bills going 0 and 5 in one score games I would have needed all those one score affairs to go the other way so go our
0: way you yep. know yeah
1: so I was I mean <laughs> listen You know, you you like how I sort of like prefaced all that by like, here's all the years that I was right on and I was awesome with this. And by the way, here's here's the year where I was like so far off. It's not even funny.
0: Well, you got to You know, you got to give us your starting point, man. You got to give us your resume when it comes to that, man. (laughs) Hey, You you known around these streets as being, you know, the guy that gets it right. You know, you just had an off year this year. You you are too kind,
1: my friend. Way too (laughs) kind.
0: And so with me, I just keep thinking back, and I I keep talking about this weekly, man. That Jacksonville game, man, I'll tell you. And what about Jacksonville? Do you see Jacksonville knocked off, and I'm not talking about skeeted by I'm talking about handed the Colts who needed that game to make it to the playoffs. They handed them an L. I can't believe it.
1: I was shocked. I was shocked because you just, you know, it's one of those pieces. And and again, everyone had their different feel of like what they wanted to see happen. Oh, I want to play this team or not this team or not that, but there seemed to be exactly. a good based on what the Colts did to the bills this season, that it was just like, yeah, I don't think we want to see them again. And it's just, right. but, Oh wait, they got to lose to Jacksonville. That's not going to happen. Um, and you know what? The Jaguars came through. So I mean, listen, the way everything played out, it's like whoever you go up against is going to be a good team. But uh, to not see the Colts there and Jonathan Taylor, I'm, I was okay with that.
0: And like I mentioned last week, uh, I told Jamie, I'm not a person. I don't like division games in the playoffs unless it has to be. I feel like if it was up to me that we would not be playing New England, we would be playing somebody else. They, If it's a division game that you're supposed to play, then switch it. You know, I just think that you shouldn't have to play somebody for a third time to advance unless both of you all already won a game. Um, But in this situation, yes, I agree with you. I would much rather play the Patriots than play play the Colts, you know, just for the matchup.
1: But I I think for going into it, I mean, there was such a divide for fans like, some would say, oh, I'd rather play the Chargers. And then some would say, well, like, I don't want to play the Chargers because Herbert, he's good. he's dizzy. And it's just like, listen, it's the playoffs. Whoever you go against is going to be a good team. You can say what you want. People could say, like, oh, I wish we had the the Raiders. And it's just like, well, listen, the, the, right. the Raiders are capable of doing things. Or, oh, I wish we were playing the Steelers. Like, I don't know if I want to play that defense again. You could just see T.J. Watt, like – terrorizing Spencer Brown for four quarters. And I like what Spencer Brown has done, but it's just, there, there's no, there's no right answer. There's no one you want to play in the playoffs. Like that doesn't that, that the, they're all good football teams. Right. So like mm-hmm. you're either going to play this good one or that good one. And, and obviously we're playing a good one on, on Saturday and and one that had tormented us for about two decades. So I can understand from that standpoint where Bills fans would be like, I don't want to play the Patriots because I'm just so sick of them. And if the Bills lose, then I got to hear it all over again, um, maybe maybe that one's hitting a little bit close to home for me. But that's uh, that's where I'm. At.
0: <laughs> that's interesting. You feel that way because I I feel like most people will prefer to play certain teams. Like now in the second round, we if we get past New England, now we we're looking at Kansas City probably unless Pittsburgh knocks them off, and then that would be great because then Pittsburgh would have to come to Buffalo,
1: right? I've no, actually, Pittsburgh, whoever's the lowest seed. Oh, lowest seed. seed. Yeah. Right. So Pittsburgh well, they would go to Tennessee, Tennessee, and then the Bills would host the winner of Cincinnati. And, and Vegas. In yeah. Vegas,
0: right? You're right. I'm sorry, yes. Lower seed, so, yeah, you're right. So yeah. Cincinnati, well, let's just say if everything goes the way it's supposed to go, Cincinnati would come to Buffalo. So, that would be wonderful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were saying that Cincinnati didn't care um, whether they were a the three seed because coming into the weekend, we were four and they were three, I believe. And Correct. so, they didn't care. That's why they set uh, Joe Burrow uh, and didn't sit to Chase because Jamar Chase was uh, trying to get the record for most receiving yards, which he did accomplish in uh, Cincinnati Bengals history. But they set uh, Joe Burrow. Thinking, okay, we we don't care. We'll take the fourth seed, even if Buffalo gets the three. And so now they have the Raiders, and we have New England. So I don't know. I I understand where you're coming from with that, but yeah, if I have my withers, I probably want to play Vegas. I would rather oh, yeah. Vegas comes to Buffalo than New England.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I don't and I don't disagree with you on that. I guess my piece is right. You're almost thinking like, Oh, it'll be better if we're the three seed, because then we'll play, you know, we'll play the six seed. And it's like, well, yeah, you got the three and now you're playing the Patriots and they're the four and they're playing the Raiders. Like, you know, you could have in your head, this is the perfect scenario and it doesn't, there is no perfect scenario, right? Like it's not exactly going to work out and just, you know, you're going to have to beat good teams if you're going to make it to the Super Bowl. So might as well start with the Patriots.
0: And I feel like that's the coaching you talking. Like, hey, I don't care who we play. We're going to go out there and knock their block off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? It is It is that piece of just, um, you know, initially going into it, you're thinking, and you would have fans say like, well, you know, if they get the three seed, they're probably going to play the Colts, and you don't want that to happen. And if you're going to be the four seed, you play this. And, that. and it just – you know, you, your, your head could spin trying to figure it all out. And it's just at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you've got to play the Patriots first. And then if you win that game, you probably got to play the Chiefs. And then you got to probably play the Titans. And it's, you know, think of these three teams that, you know, kind of got in your way and have tormented you over these last two seasons. Uh, it's a bit of running the gauntlet. But, you know, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you kind of knew that was going to be the case.
0: All right. Is there any other matchups this weekend that you – well, first off, what do you think about us getting a Saturday night game?
1: You know, I thought that was pretty cool um, because when you look at it, right, so so think to yourself. um, You can look at all the time slots, and the least attractive time slot, at least from a broadcast standpoint, is they're going to say, okay, what game are they putting at 1 o'clock on Sunday? And that's the Eagles and Tampa Bay. Yep. And, you know, in the past, right, think back in 2017, you had the Bills and the Jaguars. Like, this game's getting put, the 1 o'clock Sunday time slot, nobody cares about this game, whatever. You know, now you've got the Bills playing the Patriots, primetime on Saturday night. I mean, look, I know there's a primetime slot on Sunday and on Monday too, so there's a couple of different ways it could go. But, like, hey, for the Bills to be primetime on Saturday night um, – I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. And to be honest, it doesn't conflict with any of my kids activities where I was going to have to be like, you know, <laughs> jockeying things around or figuring things out. So, you know, you can relate once you get to this point. It's right. just like you you want to be there for your kids and everything that they've got going on. But you sure as heck hope that it doesn't interfere with any of the Bills games.
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I go to my kids' events and stuff, and I don't want to watch the game on my phone, man. That's like, okay, my wife got to step up, like, this weekend. My daughter had AAU basketball practice. She drove over to D.C., and I was like, so me and Jalen could watch the Bills game. So I love her for that, man. I was like, this is not a game I want to watch on my phone. So I totally understand. When I was-
1: Go ahead. Can I I add something to the list of things um, not to like about the game? Sure. All right, so I'm going to put this out. As I said before, I was at the game, okay. um, and a thing I did not like at the game, I'm going to single out Reed Ferguson, the long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. And, oh. uh, you know, not a bad game for him, no, you know, the, taking place, any of this. But sitting across the aisle from me at this game was possibly the drunkest person in Highmark Stadium on Sunday. Oh, wow. And early Early in the game, this guy yelled out to Reed Ferguson And Ferguson gave him a wave and kind of a nod and like a thumbs up to this guy. Okay. And for the remainder of the game, this guy shouted Ferguson, Ferguson for four quarters straight, trying to get Reed Ferguson to wave to him again. So on the list of things that I don't like, I have a small bone to pick with my man, Reed Ferguson, who of course, love everything he does for the team and in the community, and he's fantastic. But it was just like, maybe if Reed Ferguson didn't wave to this guy in like the first 15 seconds of the game, we wouldn't have heard his name (laughs) shouted out for like the next three and a half hours on just repeat over and over and over again. So when you were saying like things you don't like, I'm like, yes, it was a great weekend, a beautiful time with my daughter and friends and, and all this and that. But you go through with it, it's like, you know, it's really not with Reed Ferguson, but just with Reed Ferguson's number one fan who was just screaming his name. No,
0: you got beef with Reed Ferguson. You're saying that he should have just blew, blew him off, man. So bad for you, Reed well, Ferguson. Did the right
1: thing, right? It's like Reed Ferguson, you're there. Someone's shouting your name. It's like, you know, you got all these people screaming for Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Like, right. hey, I'll you know, I'll give you a thumbs up. I'm a good guy. Like, <laughs> follow Reed Ferguson on online. Like, he's always engaging with fans about grilling and smoking meats and all this type of stuff like he's a good dude but it was just you know i was wondering to myself driving back i'm like if reed ferguson never gave that guy the thumbs up (laughs) you know that would have been okay too
0: you would have had a more enjoyable experience with your little <laughs> girl, man. I feel you, man. But it and makes I know me one it's one of those
1: fun, fun stories that I get to share with you. So
0: I'm glad you did right here on the JBD Big News Show, man. I'm looking at the time and I know this is in the middle of your business day, man. So we're not gonna be able to touch on some of the other things I want to talk about, man. So we'll wrap it up. But uh once again, I want to thank you for coming on and helping me out. But before we go I just want to mention, man, I got to send a shout out and congratulations to my boy Kirby Smart. National championship, go dogs, UGA upended uh, and took down the dynasty, took down the big dog. You know, Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Saban, who was very humble post-game, man. And and it was surprisingly to see that, man, because people always talk about how harsh he is and just like Bill Belichick. But he was very humble in defeat. Um. He took blame and took it away from his star quarterback and linebacker. So, if you haven't seen that, go to YouTube and check out his post game, man. So, kudos to him. But my boy Kirby Smart got it done first time in over 30 years. UGA wins the national championship. Hasn't done it since uh, Herschel Walker and them guys back in the early 80s. And uh, I know Kirby Smart. He was uh, at Florida State when I was there uh, working on my Ph.D. He was a graduate assistant. And taking master classes so good to see the guy who uh you know pulled up his bootstraps and worked up the ladder the right way man and, and got it done man so i'm happy for him and his success
1: now a huge win for georgia and like you said kind of slaying the giant in alabama taking home that national championship
0: once again, my friend, thank you for coming on helping me out, man. Maybe you can be able to come on some other time. when Jamie, Once again, when Jamie comes back and we can do all three of us, man, it's been fun.
1: No, it's been a blast. It's always a pleasure to catch up. And is this the part where I'm supposed to ask you to take us out with a song? Yeah,
0: but I was thinking about doing something different, man. Maybe I give the hey, 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 and then you give it to me, you know? So maybe we should do the South song. What do you think?
1: Listen, man, I I'm not cut out for that. So this is this is your show. Bro. Oh,
0: this is all me. Okay. All you. Well, once again, second time in a row, we won the ASC championship. So this was a big win. So I give you the big win shout song. Hey, 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 hey! Shout out to Sal Capaccio, man. We'll see y'all next week.